Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. Eight years ago, my husband and I dug our way out of a pit of debt and despair, and I like to talk about how we did that. We have real, honest, non-judgmental money discussions because money is messy. Life is messy. And none of it fits inside of a cash envelope. So if you're ready to have some grace-filled money discussions, let's go. Today, we are talking about fear and money and how to overcome making bad decisions in the light of fearful circumstances. And I don't know about you, but I've had to take a step back and a step away from reading and listening and consuming so much news, that does not mean that I'm ignorant. It just means that I have become careful about the messages and the news that I listen to. I still listen to my favorite two news podcasts every day. I still allow myself to be informed, but that's where I stop. I'm I'm not doom scrolling. And so if you have found yourself on the constant scroll over the last week, Take a step back, drink some water, call your mom, read a book, phone a friend, go outside and just take a deep breath and take some time to take care of yourself and the people who you are tasked with taking care of. But let's talk about some things we can do to help ourselves become more empowered financially and to make wise decisions in the midst of some really scary or uncertain times, both globally and in our own worlds. I mean, this applies to global unrest. This applies to a job loss. This applies to the Panini Press we've all been living in in the past two years. So hopefully you will find today's episode encouraging and helpful to you. My number one piece of advice is avoid making huge decisions during a transition. If you lost your job, if you've gone through a loss or a breakup or a new job or had a baby or got married or moved to a city or moved out of a city, not all of those are inherently bad things, but they are huge times of transition when it's not necessarily the best time to make a big financial decision. If you've just moved to a new city, now may not be the time to buy a new car. or change your investment strategy, or buy a house. If you've just had a baby, now's not the the time to go buy all new furniture. Just because it's a time of transition, we need to be gentle with ourselves and take time to really think through any decisions that we're going to make. Wait until you feel more stable mentally and physically, and you get out of this adjustment period because now is not the time to make big choices. And unfortunately, there will be times when you don't have a choice. If you have lost a family member and you are closing out their estate, that's a time when you do have a lot on your shoulders and a lot that you're having to think through and process. And you are having to make financial decisions in the name of someone's estate and make burial arrangements and do all of these things. And that's a time when you don't have the luxury of waiting to make the best decision. And so just know that if you're in that 
predicament or you recently have been, you're, you've, you did a good job. You did the best that you could with the information that you had at the time. It is so easy to go back and judge ourselves based on decisions that we made when we didn't have a full picture, right? Like here we are two years into uh, Pandemic Lovato and we can look back at some of the decisions that we made at the beginning and question them but we're completely different people now. I don't know about you, but I am not the same person I was in March of 2020. I wish I could go find that girl and hug her. Um, but the woman I am now just is different. And some of the decisions I make, I look back at and question, but I did the best I could at the time with the information that I had. Right, And this is a discussion I hear a lot when it comes to student loans. Well, if I had known that the student loan forgiveness was going to last this long, I would have worked harder to get it paid off. Yeah, I understand that, but you didn't and you can't go back and undo it. You can only acknowledge how you're feeling and move forward, right? Don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing the best you can out here trying to survive. (laughs) So instead of making yourself feel bad, um, acknowledge those feelings, and just move on. A lot of the decisions that we make don't make sense to others, and that's fine because they don't have to live our lives. But the number one piece of advice that I can give you is don't make decisions based on fear. Fear doesn't help you. Fear and irrationality go hand in hand and they are like those creepy twins from the shining we would like to play with you we would like for you to make some bad decisions (laughs) so with fear comes irrationality and that's when we don't make good decisions the outcome of fear-based decisions is rarely good so instead focus on making positive steps to get you in a better situation Um, Make a budget, take stock of what you already own, talk to someone who has experienced the same thing that you're going through. And if you're in the financial position, talk to a therapist. Therapy saves lives and it can also save you from bad choices. Acknowledge that a lot of the decisions that we make are based on past trauma and things that we're carrying with us. I recommend this book all of the time, but I highly recommend that you read The Psychology of Money. It is eye-opening as to why we make the decisions that we do, but also why maybe our parents have made decisions or our neighbor or that person you know from work because we are all carrying with us a lot of unseen things. And I've talked about this before, but my childhood was very happy. And I know now that my parents were baroque, that they struggled financially, um, that they had money troubles, but it wasn't something that I knew about directly because I knew... My house was safe. My parents didn't fight. They got along. We were loved. We were cared for. And there was always dinner on the table. And so all of those things that were happening were happening behind the scenes where my sister and I were kind of protected from them. I mean, some people may look at that as a as a negative, but I'm telling you as an adult, I view it as a positive. I'm not saying to lie to your children or to keep things from them, but children should not be tasked with adult problems and my parents did a good job protecting us from that but I also have people who I'm very close to who struggle with if the pantry gets a little low they start to freak out because they remember what it was like to not have food 
or, you know, I have a friend who, when the gas in her car gets below a certain amount, she starts to feel panicky because she remembers her mom running out of gas on the side of the road on the way to work. And so we do carry with us some things that really get tied up in our finances. And so it's important if you can get into therapy to work through some of those things. But it is also very natural to fear the unknown. And we tie money to security. That's a natural reaction, right? When I have money in my savings account, I feel a lot more able to make decisions. I feel a lot more secure. I feel a lot more at peace than when we've had to use up our savings and we're working to rebuild. That that feels very scary to me because we naturally fear the unknown. And when something threatens our money, it threatens our security and we feel the need to take control. But think about this, going back to fearing the unknown. How many horror movies have you seen that take place in the woods at night? or down a long hallway that's got lots of turns and something popping out is terrifying and it makes us jump and we scream. This is why I hate horror movies. Fear and anger are my default settings. Why would I pay money for that as entertainment? (laughs) I don't get that. Someone explain to me the appeal. But let's talk about a few things that we can do to stave off some of those big fears before something big happens, to get in control of our picture before something goes awry. So there is a statistic that goes around a lot about how the majority of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency. And that is heartbreaking. I don't want that to be me, and I definitely don't want it to be you. And so that's why I all the time am talking about why it is so important to have an emergency fund. And you get to determine what that is. Someone doesn't need to tell you how much your starter emergency fund is, how much your bigger emergency fund is. Do what you need to do to feel comfortable. Do what you need to do to have a safety net in the event that something happens. And if $1,000 is enough for you, that's fine. I like more. I don't think 1000 is enough, but really that is, and I'm talking about a starter fund. That is up to you. <laughs> but just do what you need to do to be comfortable. So according to a recent Gallup poll that I read, and I will link it in the show notes, 45% of Americans said they were frightened that an unforeseen medical emergency would lead to bankruptcy. That statistic is both terrifying and heartbreaking and really, really telling. And anytime I bring up healthcare in America, it makes me sad. (laughs) I don't know about you, but it makes me very sad. Um, I spent a lot of time this week on the phone with my insurance company, with my son's doctor, with the pharmacy, trying to figure out One, why his medication was so expensive, and two, why we didn't have immediate access to it. It's a whole different story, but it is definitely a scary place to be. Um, And then another part of that statistic is that one in four skipped a medical treatment because the cost, and in the past year alone, Americans collectively borrowed $88 billion to cover healthcare costs. So... We're at the point now where people are having to borrow billions of dollars to pay for medical care. So having some savings for medical costs and taking advantage of health and flex savings accounts 
while they won't fix the current healthcare system, they can help you when the time comes that you might need to pay for costly treatment. We pay for our son's allergy medication out of it. He is on an immunotherapy um, because his allergies are not, they are not the type that can be handled with a simple Claritin. Um, his airways close up and it's horrifying and our insurance doesn't cover any of it and it's very expensive and we feel very blessed to be in a position where we can pay for it, but we use our FSA to cover the medication, which is literally hundreds of dollars. Um, if you fear a job loss, again, that emergency fund is going to help. But also, we can do things like keeping our resumes up to date, networking in our field, maybe doing something to bring in a little side income. Not everyone needs to be a business owner, boss, babe. I don't believe that. But if there is something, a hobby that you choose to monetize, that's great. We don't have to monetize all hobbies, though. We can just enjoy right? We all need to relax. But keeping your resume up to date is key. And it's okay to look for better job opportunities. I was on the Frugal Friends podcast and Jen shared a statistic about how if you stay at a job for too long, it actually financially limits you because you're not getting bonuses, you're not getting promotions, you're not getting raises when you actually stay at a job for too long. And I thought that that was a really interesting statistic. But here's the thing, your employer is not going to be loyal to you, so don't stay in a situation out of loyalty to them. It's okay to look for new jobs. When my husband got his job that he's in now, he had a really hard time letting his former manager know he was leaving. He said, I feel like I cheated (laughs) on my employer and now we're having to break up. Well, here's the thing. Your employer would break up with you in a heartbeat. They're not your family. They're not your friends. They're the people who write your paycheck in exchange for work that you do. And you're replaceable in that situation, but you're not replaceable to your family. And so it is perfectly fine to keep those skills and that resume up to date and look after you. (laughs) But also remember, if you do lose a job, you'll survive. You're going to survive. It may be hard. And it may last a long time, but it's not going to be what takes you out. And I know this because I have gone through two job losses. One of them, I was a temp at a company in Atlanta. I had worked there for several months. They were about to give me a permanent job when a girl in the sales department didn't want to work in sales anymore. And she had been there longer. And so they gave her my position. She was getting married and she didn't want to travel anymore. Not only did I lose my job, but they asked me to stay on for two weeks and train her. And I did it because I'm a pushover. I'm not saying I trained her correctly, (laughs) but I stayed and trained her and I survived. And it, it was, it stunk. Like I hated it. I hated the entire situation, but I survived it. The second time I lost my job, the company I was working for went under. This was during the height of the recession in the early 2000s. The company, we went to deposit our paychecks on payday, and we were told that they were no good at the bank. We came back to the newsroom, confronted our managing editor, and she was like, yes, we have no money. Take your payments, your computer's home in lieu of payment. Uh, We are officially closed. 
Now, why were they writing checks knowing they had no money? That's a different conversation for a different day. But we survived. And that was the day my husband came home and told me he had taken a huge pay cut. And that was a scary time. I ended up going to work at the grocery store. I worked at Walmart in the produce department overnight. And, you know, we do what we have to do. And it was hard. But I made it out of the other side. And I'm still standing. So if you're going through a similar situation, I know it's hard and I know it's scary, but you're going to get through it and life will look different. And that's what's the scary part is, uh, but I like my life now. I don't want it to be different. What's it going to look like? Listen to me. It may look like something better. It may look like something bigger and better than you ever could have imagined. Different doesn't mean worse. So tuck that into your pocket and remind yourself that different doesn't mean worse. And then the final thing that I think is so scary is a lack of retirement. There are so many sad statistics that I could share with you on retirement. None of them Mormon friendly. If you're putting off retirement savings because you're in debt, stop. Please stop. Please start putting money into retirement. That's just such irresponsible advice. And I don't know why it still circulates that you need to stop all your retirement savings until you're debt-free. No, please, no, (laughs) please don't. At the very minimum, if your employee offers an employee-sponsored 401k and there's a match, at the very least, please continue to invest up until the match. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. If you don't have employee-sponsored and you're on your own, set up a Roth IRA. I have one. I think it's great. I move money in there. Um, I actually do it multiple times a month now because it's just easier for me to keep up with that way. But the max is $6,000 a year. You put it in post-tax and it grows tax-free. If you have a 401k at work, the maximum you can put in is $20,500. But don't think of it as an all or nothing. If you can just put in 50 bucks a paycheck, you're going somewhere. Because time, it's a time issue. The longer your money stays in the market, the better off you're going to be. I'm not a financial expert or your advisor, But that's what I remind myself all the time, that a little bit goes a long way. I think that's a Jessica Simpson song. Okay, I'm old. Also, that is my cue that it is time to wrap things up. I would love to hear from you. Are you struggling with fear when it comes to money or are you making decisions in the midst of fear? Let me know. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Lydia Sin. You can find me on YouTube as Lydia Sin, and you can find me at frugaldebtfreelife.com. I always appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you have not left a review, I would love for you to do so. You can swipe over the artwork if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a review. That's how people find the show. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you and I'll see you soon.